I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't really pay attention who's on me, you know, I just trying to play, uh, play my game. And, you know, sometimes it's going to be, I'm going to play better, sometimes worse, you know. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Philly fanatic, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Woo! Oh, I asked you on yesterday's podcast, at the very end, for you guys who made it to the very end, I said, Nick, <laughs> if, the, if the Mavericks lose to Philly, does that change anything that you thought about the team? And I think we both said no at the time. Do you still hold true to that? Yes. I don't. I didn't learn anything new. We know their centers have problems. We know that. They, <laughs> you know, that's an understatement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're not learning anything new. At least I'm not. Uh, I texted I, you before. I texted you right at the beginning of the game, and I was going to read my exact text to you, which well, I shouldn't read it, but. My, basically the, the text of it, because I don't like trying to say we're going to lose a game, but, uh, I texted you and I said, uh, I feel <laughs> kind of exposed if, he, if, if you're not go watch this on WFAA, just watch my face as Isaac says, he's going to read his exact text to me. <laughs> no, no, I can't read all my text. Shout out uh, to everybody watching on WFAA, by the way, go follow and subscribe on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Follow us. Our Twitters are literally right there. You can go follow us. There's mine. And we can be I- the YouTube influence. Hit subscribe below. Like and subscribe, but you can't right now, but do it anyway. Uh, But no, I texted you before the game and I said some along the lines of, I feel like this is going to be a 15 point plus loss uh, for the Mavericks. And it's a game that we say, all right, we know their ceiling's not this high. Mm. And because I think it's one of those over the past few weeks, you know, going back before uh, the snowstorm that hit Dallas, you know, we've been talking about six of the last seven, all this stuff. Going up against Philly was the, I want to say nice reminder, but it was the reminder of, okay, let's hold our horses a little bit. Like we we streaked a little bit and it was fun and we're winning games. <laughs> but even what this Mavericks team looks like without KP and all of that stuff, um, it's not as good as a team that's the best in their conference right now in Philly. Not It's not a title team. I mean, we... Mavericks, especially without KB, they're not a the Mavericks conference finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, finals team. And that, that shows that tonight. Uh, on today's show, we are going to break down the Mavericks 111 to 97 loss, which was worse than that. The, the final score did not tell this mm. whole thing. There was probably, what, six, seven minutes of garbage time in this one? Wild. <laughs> we'll, we'll break down that game, talk about some of the problems with the Mavericks. And uh, Chris Porzingis, the saga continues. We have to get into that, so a little bit later in the show, we'll get into that too. Uh, but this game, like, the, the Mavericks turned the ball over 20 times. You don't win games like that. The Mavericks only t- turned the ball over tw- 12 times on average, and they had 12 turnovers in, like, the first half, 13 in the first half. You just And they didn't have a lot in garbage time, but they're basically on pace to have, like, 25, 30 turnovers. They just – you do not win games like that, especially when you know that – you're overmatched by Ben Sim, by uh, Joel Embiid. You know that, right? He's playing like an MVP. Yeah. 
you know he has not won the award yet. I would like to remind many people that he is. I didn't hit, know I had to clarify that in he, so much in is, writing for you. Is, <laughs> I was like, incoming LeBron Laker guy here. Get off me. That's not even I was not even what I was saying. You were just like the current MVP. I was like, what do you mean the current MVP? Yeah, the current one in the lead. That's what I meant by it. But anyway, I was just poking fun at Isaac on Twitter. Before I gave up Twitter for good tonight, God, I was I was I was so done with people tonight. Uh, but you know you're over you you know you're overmatched by Joel Embiid, right? And so they come into this game, they start Boban, and you have to do the other things well. You have to limit turnovers because Ben Simmons is a guy that's going to take advantage of you on fast breaks. They're going to be able to take advantage of all that. Ben Simmons, Tobias, even before he got injured, all that. Shake Milton, an athletic guy. Tyrese Maxey, an athletic guy. Like, there's a, just a bunch of guys in this team that could take advantage of you on fast breaks and things. And so you have to take you have to take care of the ball. You have to shoot well, which they did. They did shoot the three ball well, which was basically the only thing keeping them in this game. But if you're going to be overmatched in that way, you can't give up so many turnovers, especially live ball turnovers. Luca, yeah. Luca had seven turnovers in this game, four assists for Luca. Like this was a this is, may have been Luca's first actual bad game <laughs> that he's played. For, like not just a bad game where we go, oh, that's a bad Luca game, but seven turnovers. He just they. This Sixers team is set up so well to defend the Mavericks, and especially when defend Porzingis anybody, is, anybody. Yeah, especially when Porzingis. Well, I don't know about some. There's some guard heavy teams that, and especially the uh, the the Nets. It's gonna be real interesting to see how they guard the Nets, but um, they they're really set up well to defend the Mavericks because they have Simmons, who is both big enough and fast enough to stay with Luca off of a pick and roll so he can recover, he can stay in front of him, he, like Luca's not going to beat him off the dribble, all that kind of stuff. And then Embiid is just going to mess up and muck up any kind of pick and roll, which is the only thing the Mavs had tonight. They didn't have the pick and pop threat. They probably could have run a little bit more of that with Maxi, but then they, like they probably should have done that a little bit more when they tried yes. the the the, like the second half starting Maxie lineup James with Johnson, with James right. Johnson instead of Willie or Boban or a center. They probably should have tried that a little bit more. I would like to have seen that, but um, they just they they didn't start with that. So they st- like Luca kept trying to run pick and roll with Boban over and over, and every time he tried an entry pass to whoever it was to like an entry pass to Boban, it's usually pretty easy, right? You just kind of lob it over the top of somebody. Can't do that with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's probably a good seven two he's he's a big guy he's not seven foot like he's he's taller than that and he's big he has long arms and he's really aware probably the best defensive center in the nba don't tell my boss i just said that but he messes things up in the pick he messes things up in the pick and roll and that just (laughs) takes away a lot of what the mavericks try to do and they didn't have a counter for it the the pick and pop with porzingis would have been an incredible counter for that right that would have been a way to keep him out to keep him beat out of the paint a little bit which would have opened some other stuff then you would have josh richardson cutting dorian cutting all that kind of stuff you could have done but the way it was set up the the sixers just defended the mavericks really really well the mavericks screwed up a bunch and they didn't take advantage where, where they could yeah, it's a combination. Yeah, Mavericks made some some dumb decisions that results in turnovers, but this Philly team's really, really good, and they're really physical. Um, they're really good defensively. I think they're sixth in the league in defensive rating. So this is kind of their thing. And, and like you said, I mean, I think um, – I want to say off the top of my head, Simmons is the best Luka defender in the league. I mean – Yeah, Mikhail Bridges is probably up there. Yeah, I mean, I put Mikhail. I'd still put probably Kawhi uh, on yeah. that list. But, you know – the, the thing that like Ben Simmons brings that Kawhi doesn't is 
you know, you're not relying on the offense of Ben Simmons as much on the other end. So Ben can give a hundred percent that he has defensively and chasing these guys around. He's still super young compared to, you know, Kawhi. Um, and and Luca can kind of body Kawhi a little bit. Ben Simmons probably has what? What do you think? 30 pounds on Kawhi? No, oh, I don't think so. I'm going to look it up. I'm, I'm interested. So. Um, but Rick had a decision to make from the very beginning. And you saw that decision come to light at halftime too. And I think it's one of those things, you know, a lot of fans and stuff. What? Dick's making a weird face if you're watching on WFA. Oh, I'd say no, Ka- Kawhi might even weigh more than him. 15 pounds. Ben Simmons, 15 pounds heavier. Okay, okay. Um, I got confused because I was looking at kilograms at first. I was like, I don't, I don't know. What Rick kilogram. had a decision to make with that center <laughs> spot going against Embiid. And I yeah. think everybody has a decision like that unless you have another big body. Uh, or at least another like star center that you know you're going to start. You have the decision of, all right, do we try to match an Embiid with a big body? We try, we go with Boban, but we know it's going to jack our offense up. And because Boban does offer you the spacing, he's you know he rolls, but he's not as good as a you know a roller. Some of these guys in the league, he's not a pick and pop option. So you bring him out there to try to combat Embiid defensively, and then you're like, all right, we'll try to basically, hey, we'll try to take away a little bit of Embiid but we'll sacrifice some of our offense or what Rick could have done from the very beginning that you saw what he did at halftime uh, is, Hey, let's keep our offense the way it is. And then we'll just make do with Maxi or Willie, whoever we can at the center spot and, and Rick help obviously, and, and help a lot yes, and throw and guys help. to dig and to, to hit the ball whenever Embiid had it. Like that's what they tried to do in the second half. And I wish that second half adjustment would have happened earlier because I think it took all of us probably about a quarter or something to say, all right, the Bo- love Boban, but it it's not making that big of a difference to where this game is. You know, you, we had to try because the offense was so out of funk and it wasn't just Philly's awesome defense. They just, it looked weird. I thought Luca was overpassing at times. I thought he was just trying to force some things inside. He, it was for, just a, he, he tried to force so many entry passes, and I was like, man, like this is not working. Like, try a floater, yeah. and he started that in the second half, and it started working, and that's when he first started getting some buckets. So then, Yeah, so then Rick makes that adjustment in the second half, and he starts with Maxi and James Johnson, and just swapping out James Johnson you know, or Boban for James Johnson, and the I, I know we can talk about the air ball three-pointer, whatever. But like collectively, <laughs> what James Johnson brought to that unit, I mean, is he like is he the toughest big we have? And he's six nine. Coming up, we gotta get we gotta talk a little bit more about this game. Break down this game a little bit more. Talk about what the Mavericks can do and uh, how they can fix the center spot. There's not a lot ton of teams that you have to fix it, but this Sixers team is definitely one that exposes the Mavericks' flaws in, in an extreme way. So we'll break that down coming up. But before we do. BetOnline.ag is the place to be. Yeah! (laughs) If you want to get some fast money down for betting on sports action, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL in full swing. We're getting close to March Madness, and and it seems like it's going to happen this year. That That was sorely missing last season. Look at some of the NBA games that are coming up on BetOnline. You have, uh, they have a bunch of Saturday games up, actually. Uh, Celtics, three-point favorite over the Pacers. I don't know about that one. They're that's the favorites wrong. over the Pacers? That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's a wrong team favorite right there. I might put some money down on the Celtics, or on the uh, Pacers. Three, all they have to do is cover three points and win. Ooh. 
Interesting. Interesting. Plus 300 on the money line for the Pacers. So What's you that bet Mavericks uh, Nets game? Uh, Mavericks Nets. I don't see that. That one's not on here yet. But a okay. bunch of different stuff you can bet on on Bet Online. They have the uh, Kings are a one point favorite over the Pistons. I don't know. Kings defense is looking pretty pretty bad. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that play with Marvin Bagley and yeah. RJ Barrett? Absolute insane. I saw McMahon's tweet too. Uh, yes, and he took a stray shot at some Maverick player. <laughs> Bet online doesn't just cover NBA; it also does award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. Use the promo code Lockdown when you create your account. Receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris. So you, you mentioned that James Johnson was added to the starting lineup, and. I, I wish that they well, would the use second, James. the second the second half lineup. Yeah. Oh yeah, starting starting lineup in the second half. My bad. I wish that they would play James Johnson a little bit more, and then you just then sometimes you just get reminded, like you said that on the broadcast, Skin said, uh, you know, James Johnson's been doing really great, and as soon as he said that, he airballed a three. <laughs> it's just like he does like five good things and the one awful thing, and then you just get reminded that like ah. But I'm just, fine with those. Things. I feel like that that stuff. It frustrates me because I think we have guys on the team who do, do a lot of good things, and then they'll do one bad thing. He can do like 10, 10 good things, it's and still, then he'll do still, like really one like dumb decision, and we're all like, oh, that's the James Johnson experiment there. I'm like, well. It's my Wes Matthews 10% thing again. Remember remember when we used to talk about this all the time where Wes Matthews would do great things for like 90% of the game. 10% of the game, he would do something awful and it would just stand out so much more because it would be a dumb post-up or it would be a bad dribble where we would have the Stanley Hudson meme. And he would do something like that. His mistakes would stand out way more than the good things he was doing because the good things he was doing didn't necessarily show up in the box score. Yes. And when, I mean, since we all love the plus minus stat, you look at the plus minus tonight in 14 I did. 14 I did minutes, look at it. a man was a plus 18 in tonight's in, game. In like an almost 20 point loss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he changed right, things. Uh, He's not the answer to everything. Plus 12 of that was in the fourth quarter. I just want to point that out. Get out of there. Wes Awandu is a plus 12. <laughs> I'm just um, saying. But no. He changed. He changed the whole look defensively in that in the second half because he brought a sense of toughness. Right? I mean, we're not. This isn't some breaking news here. Our center position, the options we have at the center spot, they're not super tough. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not really saying anything new here, but Dwight, or, Willie, you know, these guys, they they get kind of bullied around some. I mean, Dwight, Dwight Boban Howard too. Looked, throw, throw Boban in there too. Yeah, Dwight Howard looked like, I mean, the end of Orlando Dwight Howard. <laughs> That, I mean, Dwight Howard was just like getting anything he wanted when he came off the bench. And can I just say, I think Dwight Howard is, I think he's reached the underrated moment of his career. In year 17, year 17. Oh, here we go. Dwight Howard was real good last year, and you don't want to give him credit the entire season. No, no, and not so real now good. He, he's now serviceable. He was good last year. I would, well, I'm. Okay, not like super good, but like just, he was he was better. Yes, he was better for sure. 
Yeah. I, I'm not Bill Simmons. But, I mean, Bill Simmons, like, still hated the dude last year. I think I thought he had a really good season off the bench for the Lakers last I'm year. I'm just saying, like, all of a sudden he leaves the Lakers and you're like, wow, it's like the it's like the James Harden thing. Like, oh, man, James Harden's really good because I never watched you him. You know how when good I was, Brandon Ingram is? Yeah, I mean, right. Because <laughs> he never watched him on the other just, team that he was just on. Just wait until Kyle Kuzma them. gets traded. Exactly. You'll be like, oh, my God, Kyle Kuzma. His defense is so boats? much his defense is so much better than I remember. Yeah, that's because he got better at defense. Um, but no, I, I think he <laughs> Taylor think Horton he, Tucker MVP. That's what you're gonna be like as soon as he gets <laughs> traded for like Brad Beal or something. Uh, stop it. Um, <laughs> that would never happen. I just think it's kind of crazy that you know Dwight's in year 17 and he's still springy. Like for a center like that, I know. like an athletic center, like we're that, normally like, oh, they're not gonna age very well. That dunk and, in the third quarter where he just got the ball like dropped off to him, where I have no idea what Willie Colley Stein was thinking on that play. Like he goes after the ball oh, don't handler. Don't even say that play. Let's just say most of the game. Him he, and go, <laughs> he goes after the ball handler like he's gonna come over and double and then get a like trap, but he's gonna trap on the block. It was so strange what he was trying to do. It was a fast break, and then he the the ball I can't remember who the ball handler was, but he just dips it back to Dwight Howard and he just like literally like loaded up and just absolutely thrunked it like thrunk not dunk because he took the ball and threw it down just like at the dunk contest for a while ago i mean what what crazy. what was your audible reaction when willie went up for the oop oh finally oh damn <laughs> that was my that was my full reaction uh, how like how are his hands like i don't understand is it the art is it the like like pastels like is it is it what stays on his hands that makes it? Because he can't catch lobs. Like he's having such a hard time this year catching he lobs. He is, and D- Dwight's missed dunk. I just, I didn't, I didn't even make a noise. I just shook my head, and they just struggled. <laughs> the big struggled, and here's the thing: they struggled, and it wasn't all Embiid, right? I mean, I think some and, people just Embiid write went it off. five of twenty, and yeah. they got destroyed. That's the thing to where I think some people will just write this off as like a box score. They might see on Twitter and be like, oh, all right, let's let's calm down here. We're playing Embiid and we're judging these center. You know, a lot of these center mistakes tonight wasn't like Embiid's like, uh, thing on that. But uh, I don't and, like. And Embiid and, and Dwight Howard only had three offensive rebounds each. They didn't really get destroyed in, with with second chance points because a lot of people were saying that we're talking about rebounding a lot, second chance points, and all that. They only had 17 second chance points, and the Mavs had 14 in this game. So it's not like they got destroyed in second. Where they got destroyed was in the paint. 50 points in the paint for the Sixers, yeah. and they got destroyed by everybody: Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Embiid, Dwight Howard, like everybody. Shake Milton, like everybody was scoring in the paint against the Mavericks, and it's because it was so- they're soft interior, just like me. Um, where do you stand on the Seth and Josh trade? Well, I mean, tonight, I don't know if anyone won, right? <laughs> like Seth, did Seth, what did Seth hit a couple threes, three threes? Yeah, it's fine. He had 15 points. Like it, like it worked out really well for them. Josh Richardson, he had 13 points, six, six boards. He had that one and one jumper that I was like, that I thought was really good, but I don't know if we've seen full Josh Richardson yet, and I, I'm still holding that hope. And he got COVID. I, I don't. I don't want to keep making excuses and say like, oh, he's gonna show up," but we don't really know what he fully looks like with this team yet. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think jury's still out with Josh, and you know he's only played 21 games. His his whole Dallas career, 22 now. His whole Dallas uh, career has been 22 games, and 
And that's broken in half. That's not 22 straight games either. That that's no, broken yeah. in half, right? Like that he's he played 8 games and then now he's played what uh 14 games in a row after coming yeah. back from COVID. So like you can say, "Oh, he should be back by now. He should have his legs." Maybe he does, but I I, I this is a this is a rare instance where it's not an injury, right? It's not like he just went out with an ankle injury and he's back. Like this is something different. So yeah, not hundred percent um, sure what to think. And we've seen some good games from him too. You know, it's, it's we kind have of been, yeah. It's, he's it's averaging up and it's been a little up and down. Josh is averaging twelve point nine points a game last year. Seth Curry averaged twelve point four points per game. I just want to. My whole thing with the Seth Josh thing is, I think Seth last year was overrated a little bit, a little bit now in hindsight. That's my only thing. I think some people are viewing the, you know, that acting like, I mean, Seth started in 25 games last year. 25 games, averaged 12 points a game. He was fourth on the team in scoring. I get that he shot 45% from a three, but let's not act like he was a, you know, 35 minutes a night, everyday starter, all of that, that helped the Mavericks to, you know, the Western Conference Finals, and we just gave him up hoping to get better defense. That wasn't the case. His fit and shooting was an amazing fit as far as the shooting wise goes, but that was like I just think that's getting a little bit overrated looking back on it. Yeah, coming up, I want to get into this a little bit more the Josh Richardson Seth Curry trade since this is the first time we've had like a retrospective on it, and then we also want to talk about Porzingis a little bit. He missed the game, more back tightness. We have to talk about it, right? It's yeah. the ongoing thing. We have to get into it. Maybe there was a tweet. Maybe there was a tweet that he liked. Oh, I haven't even seen this. Oh, break some news to me. We'll talk about that coming up. We have everything covered on the Dallas Mavericks, but what about the rest of sports now? The Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your pods. Also, check out Locked On NBA. Join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Mares of Locked On Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you the game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you cannot miss. Subscribe to Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your pods. And while you're at it, Locked On Today, Locked On NBA, Locked On NBA draft coming back. With a familiar name that you guys will know, and I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, first person I got to actually hire for the Locked On Network, so I'm very excited about that. He has been on this show a couple times, and you'll see coming soon. That show starts on Monday. All right, let's get into the this trade a little bit. So, I think there's there's something there's something about this trade where jo- like Seth Curry was expected to be a role player and an okay like decent coming off the bench spot starter, and Josh Richardson is expected to be this third best player on the team starter and all that. The expectations for Seth Curry and Josh Richardson are so different. And that's what makes this trade. I think a little bit tough because jo- Josh yeah. Richardson got traded for him. And so all of a- and then all of a sudden his expectations are point, so yeah. much higher because he was the up and coming guy in Miami. They thought he was going to potentially be a superstar. He's expected to do so much for them. And then we expect him to do so much for the Mavericks. I think that like this might be Josh Richardson. He has some games where he scores 20. He has some games where he has like five, six assists. And you're like, oh, dang, all of a sudden we see this from him. So it, the expectations for them are different, I think. Uh, he's, not an all def- he's not an all defensive player. He was going to be a, a guy that was a, a good defensive yeah. player, not like elite, you know? And so all of a sudden we expect elite and we don't get it. And we're like, oh, dang. But if he's shoring up the defense on the, on the perimeter. 
And remember, yes. Philly attached yes. a high second round pick with Josh to get Seth. So I think some people have that, you know, are, you know, turned around too. That Dallas attached an asset with Seth to go get Josh. You know, Philly, you know, attached something to go get Seth. And I understand. I would understand the argument. I've mentioned this before. If some fans are, you know, saying looking back that okay, Seth's like contract would be a bigger asset in a trade like right now, or you know, moving you know down the line because he is under contract at a favorable number over the next few years. Compared to if Josh just walks for nothing this offseason to another team, I could get that. But I think we have to wait wait a little bit. <laughs> That's more all we've been Josh. doing all year is waiting for like, stuff, right? It's just word, wait, wait for <laughs> this. Like, hey, we have time. <laughs> I know. But I do want to see, as far as Josh goes, I do want to see because the biggest thing we heard about this, I want to see the I want to see the big defensive game from Josh. I want to yeah. see. I want to see the game that he puts the clamps on a guy and especially in like some clutch moments. And it's a couple possession against a Dame Lillard or something like that. And he locks him up and we're walking away saying, that's why we went and got Josh Richardson. That's the, that's what I want to see sometime, whether it's before the all-star break, but more importantly, probably after the all-star break and seeing, I want to see some of those games in a row for him. Yeah, that's, that's important. And so when, when we see that, if we see that, We'll be super excited for it, but we're still waiting for it. So jury's still out, I think. Uh, I'm not going to judge a guy on two, like, 10-game stretches. 20, yeah, <laughs> 22 games total and separate in half, basically. Separated by COVID, which is, you know, something we don't really know how to evaluate yet. Uh, all right. So Chris Porzingis misses the game. He does not play. Still back tightness. The mm. back is still toit. Yeah. He's with the team. Travel with the team. He did travel with the team. That was a good sign, I thought. Um, that he was with the team. There was a tweet, though. Yeah, I didn't see this. Okay, so this is, is rumor this confirmed. I'm doing no, 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 completely not. I'm doing oh, the, oh, I'm God. doing the the Jesus Amira allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I'm doing it on the stream right now. If you're watching on WFAA, you can tell. Who's your allegedly, source? Allegedly, if you don't allegedly, the source. Allegedly. I'm going to expose pictures of you, Matthew Judon, Raven, a, a Mavs fan or a, a, a Twitter user. Screen recorded a. You know, a look at <laughs> a look at a tweet that was saying, "Chris Ops Porzingis, welcome to the Golden State Warriors," and Porzingis liked it. But now, we don't know that's for sure. Now we don't know if that's for sure. Again, I'm doing the fingers allegedly. I'm gonna do. There's the fingers the, allegedly. I'm gonna do the allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. You sit on the throne of lies. <laughs> so we don't know if that's for sure. However, it does not look great, <laughs> and. And uh, if that is true and Porzingis does one out, then that confirms all the stuff we were saying earlier about the only way that the Mavericks would trade him is if he was the one that wanted out and was like demanding a trade like he did with the Knicks, right? That would be the only way I think that the Mavericks would make a move because right now it doesn't make sense for the Mavericks to trade him. What would they get? Uh, what, what could they get? So uh, Ben Mehich of the Lockdown Wizards podcast was in my DMs today and said, how about Davis Bertans, Troy Brown, Ish Smith, and a protected 2022 pick? And I was like, oh, tell God. Him, tell is him that what the to fire him from the network. I know. <laughs> is, that, is that I could do that. Is that, <laughs> is that what the, Porzingis's trade value is right now? That's terrible, right? Like that, that would be – Bertans would be interesting, but – He's also a pretty inconsistent player. He's not going to bring anything on defense and is basically the tall version of Seth Curry, right? Like that that doesn't dribble as as well or as good as well and well. Yeah. I I don't want to get into what KP's trade value is and all of that, but I there's there's a little bit more smoke now 
Um, not just the, I, I want, I don't even want to touch the tweet thing because so many people can Photoshop crap on tweets and all that stuff. We don't, it was, it good. was, a, it was a video recording though of a, of a screen recording. It wasn't just like a screen re- like capture or a screen like yeah. shot that could be okay. easily Photoshopped. It was a video recording. So I'll those be, can be edited as well. I need Reddit I, Mavs, the Twitter account, Reddit Mavs to send this to me. I'm sure he's seen it. I can, um, I, I can send it to you. I will say, uh, credible source as far as on the jump um mark spears espn uh shared a few insights about kp and um yeah i think y'all should go listen to it and he uh, said that the mavericks are shopping porzingis and that he has heard that from sources so to me that either i don't think it's coming from the mavs which we know that there's not many reporters that get stuff from the mavs that's why we say when something's coming it says oh the mavs are doing this Trust the guys that know the Mavericks, mm-hmm. but other teams can, if like, if the Mavericks are shopping him, then other teams will know that. And then other teams well, there's, can, there's two parties that would there's three parties right, that would know right. if shopping has happened. The yes. Mavericks, other teams and KP's party. Maybe, maybe Porzingis's party. They could do it in secret without him knowing, oh, but we're on, we're on video now. We're, we're going to assume, we're going to assume that he knows Right, because he's a max level player, and they invested a lot in him and all that. So, it's it's one of the two parts. So, if Mark Spears knows, if Mark Spears knows that they are, then it's probably coming from another team, and maybe that other team is, I don't know. It's either the other team, or to me, it's Porzingis's camp told Mark Spears that they're shopping him, so that other teams can then reach out and then and request a trade. Right? Like I don't know. Either way, we talked about this you know, on yesterday's pod about just the, all the KP stuff, and there's just a lot of little things. You know, I, I post, I jokingly posted a picture today on my Twitter. Uh, I saw the little red landscaping flag. <laughs> that, you know, it was great. I and, love and that. And, uh, yeah, there's just too many of the little red flags right now that I think a lot of people, um, including myself, just we have our ears perked up, um, and we're just seeing how what is to unfold. We'll, we still hold the same stance as before. Yep. The best thing for the Dallas Mavericks is for this to work out, both on the court, off the court, everything. You don't get the opportunity to have two young stars. And I know somebody somebody came out today on Twitter and was like, "You call KP a superstar?" Blah 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 blah. You know what? You know what we're meaning by that? It's like he I, he sure is paid like one. I was gonna say a max contract guy under the age of twenty five who's been an all star and stuff like that. So uh, I yeah a star, whatever you want to label him, but to have two of these guys on the same team, you want that to work. And so that's still best case scenario, how it unfolds from here in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about every little update and development on this podcast, just like you have the past few days, anything big that happens, you know, we're going to be dropping an emergency pod, our highest download day ever. I think still, still is right. Yeah. Even with, or was the, it even, the Luka, with even with the Luca game winner in the playoffs, our highest day was, Porzingis was the KP trade. trade, which was insane. How many of you guys uh, listen to that podcast? And I was at a doctor's appointment for my son in a <laughs> parking garage. So it was the, like the worst audio in the world ever, too. So anyway, um, yeah, you guys know. I mean, we're here every day. We cover the Mavs every single day. We've done this for five or six years through trade season, not trade season. And uh, we're going to keep you updated on all the updates. Can I give you a Seth Curry statement after the game? Oh, yeah. Give that Via Tim Bontemps, ESPN. Seth Curry says there's nothing personal with playing the Mavericks, the team that traded him to Philly in the offseason. Tonight, he says, Seth said, quote, I just think they made a bad business decision. 
said that Curry enjoyed seeing his former coaches and teammates. Mm. Oh, I didn't even share my favorite quote of the night. I shared it on Twitter. Lucas. A reporter, a Sixers reporter asked, asked Luca, you've been defended by some of the best in the NBA. What do you think about Ben Simmons? How does he stack up or rank among the best defenders in the, I'm going to look at the camera when I say this, the best defenders in the NBA. And Luca said, I don't pay attention to who's in front of me. I just play my game. That, that is a King's quote right there. Like we stand a King that does not give an F who is in front of him that will just play yeah, his I game. Look at him. <laughs> Crazy. He's literally, I don't really pay attention to who's on me. I just try to play my game and sometimes I'm going to play better. Sometimes worse. It's on him. It's on him who plays. He dictates, not the defender. Love that quote. I thought I, that was great. It's a good quote. I wonder if there's more to it. Just because we've heard Luca praise other guys before that he's played against. And yes, the Ben Simmons of, hey, I don't pay attention who's in front of it, basically. I wonder if there's more to that. And if so, sure, I love it. Let's 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 get more of that matchup moving forward. I like it. We'll in be the back. finals. We'll be back this weekend, right? There's some games this weekend. They yeah, we'll play all. Back. They play Saturday all the time. Night. Saturday night they play the Nets. Really Woo. interested to see what happens in that game. See if Durant plays. We'll be back, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Locked on Maps. Can't wait to see DeAndre Jordan. Peace out. Boom. Richardson. Leaving and firing on the fly. Got it in a foul. Count it for two. He'll go to the line. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.